So today we are concluding our sermon series that's called Extravagant Love, and it's where I am trying to either remind you or convince you of God's extravagant love for you. It really is a love that really goes beyond human comprehension. If you really stop and think about it, we can't really fully understand how extravagant God's love is for us. I mean, you stop and think about it. The God of the universe climbs into the womb of a woman and is born, becomes one of us, walks the earth, is crucified, dies, and is resurrected. All because he loves you. He wants to offer you forgiveness. He wants to offer you peace. He wants to offer you eternal life. I don't really believe that I can understand that kind of love. But we have been talking about this extravagant love that God has for us, and we've been talking about what our response should be, how we should respond to this gift of extravagant love. And, I mean, all I can come up with is, is part of what the anthem said, part of what our opening hymn said, all of me. That that's the response to God, all of me. We talked a couple of weeks ago that the, the idea is we can only have three things that we can give to God, our time, our talent, and our treasure. And, and when we give all of us, our whole self, we're using all of those things for the kingdom of God. We're using our time to work for the kingdom of God. We're using our talent at some level. I'm literally preaching to the choir um, by singing, by giving. If we're good with children, we work with children. If we're good organizers, we organize. But we take the talents that God has given us and we use them for the kingdom of God. And we do the same with our treasures. The truth of it is, we really can't own anything. Ownership is a human construct. We have made it up. We say, these things have value, therefore they have value. I mean, the house that you own, Within the confines of the human world, you have a deed that says you own it. I promise you that house or that land on which your house sits will be there long after you are gone. That diamond ring that you take maybe with you to the grave, it still will be a diamond ring long after you are gone. We really, if you look at it from the perspective of an eternal God that is eternal and so big we can't imagine it, it is really clear that we own nothing. Everything that we have comes to us from God. Every breath that you breathe is a gift from God. Everything that you have in your life that you think you own, that you have access to, is God's. Even your children belong to God. Okay, you created them, but they are God's children, and you are a steward, a caretaker of 
everything that God has placed in your life, including your children. You are a caretaker of them. You are a steward. I mean, imagine that if you had a sack full of $100 bills and you just were magically transported to another planet. What good is that hundred sack of $100 bills going to do you? Nothing. It doesn't have any value outside of our human construct. You might be able to use it to start a fire on another populated planet, right? But that's all it's good for. God really doesn't have a use for these things that we humans say have value. The only use that God has for those things is because we say they have value and they can do things to advance the kingdom of God. What God wants is all of you, the whole of yourself. I mean, I think about the extravagant love that God has for me, and I can only think of Romans 12. Make yourself a living and holy sacrifice. That's the response that we should have to the extravagant love that God has for us. You know, I've pondered trying to figure out how to sort of motivate you. What would be a good Bible verse that would really encourage you to, to give all of yourself to God? And I was thinking about verses that talk about giving, and I was thinking about um, Ananias in, in Acts chapter 5. You remember that story? Um, Ananias sold some property, and he was supposed to bring to God what he was supposed to bring, and um, he shorted God. And once it became known he shorted God, he dropped dead. Um, I thought that probably wasn't a very good motivational. <laughs> and really, the reason it's no good for us is that's about a deceitful heart. He was trying to, to rob God. Our hearts are not deceitful. They are not. Our hearts are torn. Our hearts are torn between what the world says is important and what has value and giving ourselves fully to God. Our hearts are torn between giving to God our time, our talent, and our treasure and holding some back for ourselves. We, we like our comfortable lives. We, we like our super fancy cable TV and our TVs that we can talk to. We like things that make our lives comfortable. Our hearts literally are torn between what we know we should love and do and the things of this world. So I prayed and I thought a little further and, and this is the text that I would like to share with you this day. It comes from the Gospel of Mark, the 12th chapter, verses 41 uh, through 44. And the he here is Jesus. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more 
than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This is the word of God for the people of God. So let me set the stage for you here. So there were 13 boxes of the treasury and they had these things called trumpets and they were sort of shaped like trumpets. It was basically kind of like a metal funnel that, that ran the money into these boxes, right? And back then there wasn't any folding money. It was all coins. And so the rich people would come and they'd put their coins in and it would make all kinds of racket. And people would notice, kind of like one of those coin star machines at the grocery store, right? And then this old widow comes by and she puts these two copper coins that I will guarantee you slid by unnoticed by the wealthy people who have been putting and making all that noise. Now that's a scary sight, right, for me. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Jesus is like kind of sitting there at the treasury seeing what you put in. Can you imagine Jesus sitting there watching you as the offering plate comes by? That'd be a little unnerving, wouldn't it? Except here's the deal. J Jesus knows the truth. He knows your heart already. He doesn't need to see. He really doesn't. But that, that picture in that scripture really unnerves me. God, God hanging out at the treasury watching what you do. So he sees this widow put this mite in, this, this penny. And he calls the disciples and says, she has given more. She has given more than all of these people. It's not about quantity. It's about giving of your whole self. This old widow woman, she knew God's extravagant love for her. And she returned, she responded to that gift, that extravagant love by giving all she had. The truth of it is really all of us are giving out of abundance. When, when it's stewardship time, we sit down with the calculator and the family budget and we figure out what can I give God and still keep my new car? Or what can I give God and still keep my fancy house? I mean, the truth of it is all of us are giving out of abundance. That God has given us stewardship over. Because we've already recognized it's really all his anyway, right? All of us are giving out of abundance. To truly give to God, to truly give your whole self to God, I think it requires a little bit of recklessness. Not stupidity, but a little recklessness. A little recognition of, <clears throat> okay, God, I'm, I'm going to step out here. And I'm not talking just money, y'all. I'm talking time, talent, treasure. I'm going to step out and I trust God that you've got my back. 
I mean, I know a little something about it. My call, when I got called to the ministry, I've I've shared this with you, when I got done laughing at God, how bad things must be that he's got to call me to the ministry, we went. I sold my house. I moved to Frisco, Texas. I took a job at a Methodist church being a pastor, having never, ever been a pastor before. I mean, I, I left this town, I left Houston, I was like, oh, Jesus, I hope you have my back. And he did. To, to really give of all of yourself requires a little bit of recklessness, a little bit of trust, a little bit of faith. You know, this church has done some amazing things in the last year. We've touched and changed lives. And I want to share a story uh, of someone. He's going to tell it to you about a little, a little recklessness and sort of how that has affected his life. Let's take a look at the video, please. My name is Jonathan Barker. Um, I joined here in December of last year, 2020, and I've uh, been a member ever since. I think 2020 was kind of a rough year on everybody, and it was especially a rough year on us. We went into business uh, two weeks before the shutdown. I opened up my own company. Um, it was everything that I had and then more uh, just to get it going off the ground and then obviously the shutdown happened and uh, you know meeting clients became more difficult and making money became difficult and uh, I think it was December uh, maybe late November I was playing golf with a good friend of mine and was just kind of telling him about, you know, the struggles that we were having and uh, how I, you know, I just felt like I had worked too hard to go back to working for somebody else again, you know, this was kind of my dream. My friend looked at me and he told me that uh, a couple years prior to that, him and his wife were going through uh, some similar struggles and his wife talked him into tithing and you know uh it's like what are you crazy you know we're we're barely making uh any money and he said we'll just take you know 10 percent of whatever it is that you do make and give it to the church and so i think that was uh we were on whole 10 whenever we kind of wrapped up that conversation and on hole 16, uh, I had a client uh, accept the proposal online, which was the, you know, it was the first time we had somebody like sign our, uh, one of our proposals online. And uh, just a couple holes later, uh, <laughs> another one uh, came through. And then the next morning, I woke up and there was another one there. So. It was kind of like before I even started tithing, right? It was, I think, just the, the mental decision 
you know, the, that, that switch had been flipped and, um, you know, God knew. We're up, I think, 400% from last year, at least at one point we were. And um, it looks like we're going to make it through. It looks like, you know, next year is going to be even better. I have a lot of people to thank for that, but, you know, first and foremost, obviously, is God. I mean, I, I can't explain to you, like, what happened that day, you know. It, it changed my life. And, I'll forever be grateful for that, you know. Just, you know, I, I, I'm just so grateful. Um, I tell people that grace is real. It's uh, that at any time in your life, uh, you can turn it around, you know. It can happen to anybody. It just, it, it just takes a little bit of faith. <laughs> Seriously, that's it. And. I think it was Martin Luther King who said that, you know, just take the first step and you don't have to see the whole uh, staircase, just take the first step. So um, he, he got his dates a little backwards. He started coming here in November. You might recognize him as the guy that we baptized in the fountain on like the almost coldest day of the year. He wore a wetsuit, I wore waders. Um, it was chilly. This guy took a reckless chance and committed to tithing. Now look, let me just say this. The tithe is sort of the, the biblical calling. We're called to tithe as followers of Jesus. That's the 10%, right? I don't care if you give 10%. I mean, that's an aspirational goal, me as a pastor. I mean, I would love to hear that my whole church is tithing 10% because it means that you get it. You get the extravagant love. But look, just give faithfully of your time, your talent, and your treasure. I'm not just talking about money, people. I'm talking about giving of your whole self to God in response to the extravagant love that God has shown us, that God has given to us. So just give faithfully. Think, think about how you can give of your whole self. The widow's mite was small, but she was all in for the kingdom of God. She was all in for the Lord. And so, are, are you all in? It sounded like I was asking if all y'all were in. No. Are you individually all in for the kingdom of God? Because God needs you and people like you that are giving of their whole selves to advance the kingdom of God. So I've been here right at a year, and, and I cannot tell you how excited I am about the things I see happening in this church. Small things, big things, God is at work. The Holy Spirit is afoot, and I am so excited to see what God has us become. 
as a church. God is at work in this place. And and I want you to be a part of it. I want you to respond to the extravagant love that God has shown you. And again, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your whole self, all of you, your time, your talent, and your treasure. I told you earlier that Commitment Sunday has, for whatever reason, and I don't really understand it, been a special moment in my faith walk year after year. My, my wife and I would come down <clears throat> and put the card on the kneeler or on the altar, and we really felt to us as if we were making a commitment to God. And, and later, we began to bring our children down as they would make their own commitment to God. And, and so, um, as Leanne is fond of saying, well, Mike, it's all about you, because I self-admit that to her all the time. It's all about me. Not really, but that's part of why these commitment Sundays, I think, have value. I mean, it, it changed my life. It changed my view on giving to the Lord. 